killers, demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside This is how we podcast This is how we podcast No, 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 no <laughs> <laughs> this is how we poker. This is how we. Can you turn me up in the monitor a little bit? <laughs> this is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When you have when you have big canned headphones, you have to put one hand on on it. But we just have earbuds, and you got to close your eyes, too. and you got to really get into it. You can't have your eyes open, especially that's to high, hit that's, those high notes. That's receiving a transmission. Eyes open, uh-huh. eyes closed is laying down the sickest, sexiest beat of mm-hmm. 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, what did you just do? You I I just grabbed a little piece of paper that I wrote some information because we are doing a triple day today, oh which is God. uncharted territory. We just keep pushing ourselves in new directions here, always growing mm-hmm. as a podcast. Yep. Um, so I wrote down just some facts, just some basic facts, so I wouldn't forget them when we're deep into the third movie. Oh, that's so so much wiser than my strategy. Which what is was your strategy? Get drunk and forget. Yeah, yeah. So this will work. Uh, at least um, one of us has the titles of movies written down. <laughs> the titles. That's what you wrote down. <laughs> wrote down the titles and just some other things. So let's just start with this first one, which we tried watching a few weeks ago, but that didn't end up happening. Mm-hmm. So we're going to watch it again. Or we're going to try to watch it again today. We're going to take an attempt. Yeah. And this movie is exploding on Instagram this week. I don't know if you've looked at the feed, but... A little bit. It's to the point where I have to scroll quickly past a bunch of posts because people are posting clips and images from it that oh, I don't want to see. You're trying to dodge I'm clips. trying to dodge it, yeah. Whoa. Because people are loving The Void. It's open now. It's been in theaters, limited screens across North America for the last week and a half, and I'm only only hearing positive good things about it. Yeah, dude. I mean, um, it's kind of good on you for suggesting it when you did. Like, it didn't work out um, when we ended up watching Before I Wake. Mm-hmm. Um, but back then, we didn't know that it was going to kind of blow up and people were going to love the crap out of it. It was just like pre-release Rotten Tomatoes kind of high score, like 80-something. Yeah, well, it just it had played like a few days prior at um, the theater down the road, the Royal, and they had their big opening there with the director's um in attendance so that would have been cool it's too bad we missed that yeah um but since then it's opened on a bunch more screens when i was down in chicago it was playing there <laughs> so Maybe. it has a wider reach it's a canadian film but it seems to be um being playing way outside of canada as well yeah and uh what's like i have like really the general it, it's a weird culty movie Man, yeah, so I'm, again, like, like a, we like to do, we don't yeah. want to indulge too much. We like to be surprised by these things. Lately, it's been more, like, yeah. I've been knowing a lot less about these movies. So the things that I've seen is, yeah, it looks maybe a little culty. It looks, um, what people have said about it is it's uh, a shout or a shout out to a lot of those 80s John Carpenter style um, practical effects movies. Oh, so God, that could yes. be, that's something very exciting. And one of the taglines is, there is a hell, this is worse. damn that is a good one just very exciting and i may as well say the writer director team is jeremy gillespie and steven kostanski who are part of astron six uh collective from winnipeg this is their probably their um widest release that they've done they did another film five years ago father's day and that was the one i think i told you before where um they had done a bunch of joke trailers as a collective in winnipeg and a B-level mm-hmm. studio saw one of those trailers and gave them the financing to make make it into a full film or do another full feature film. Yeah, that's just so cool. I do remember this conversation actually. Yeah, um, we could just. Look. I don't know why I said that. That's, <laughs> that's when uh, 
Mm. We were going to watch this one, and then it was the wrong movie. Exactly. We recorded a whole intro. <laughs> <laughs> we had an intro for this. So this feels a little deja vu Yeah. I was just wondering, like, why have I heard you say these exact words in this exact order before? <laughs> oh, man. I didn't need to say any of that. And I also said that um, Jeremy Gillespie and Stephen Kostansky also are the art designers for big films like Suicide Squad, Pacific oh, yeah. Rim, and Total Recall. So... Um, so the um the potential here for images yeah is the aesthetic it's pretty that's a pretty high bar i it, mean yeah i remember like thinking what a gosh darned dream team like going into right. a, a really cool unknown movie like this yeah i mean these guys are working on the biggest movies right suicide squad pacific rim these are there there aren't bigger budgets than literally those the film. biggest yeah yeah and now here they are getting to actually be creative on their own terms apply that skill that they use on the highest level in kind of the micro level, a nice small independent horror sci-fi. Yeah. Do we know, um, is, so the void right now, it's, is it doing a theater run? Like where is it out? Like where, what is Yeah, it? it's in theaters. So it's still playing the Royal. Mm. Um, and I think that's the only theater that's playing in Toronto. So it's probably just playing indie screens across Canada and North America. So I'm sure wherever you are, if you're in North America, you could find this pretty easily. Um, Otherwise, I'm sure there'll be a video on demand release at some point in the near future. Um, um, have but the, yeah. the Rotten Tomato scores, have they been moving a lot? Have you noticed? I haven't. I've been monitoring them. I feel like it was 70s, 80s last time I checked. You looking it up? I'm trying, yeah. I'll also add that this thing was filmed in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Ooh. Yeah. How about that? Who films in Sault Ste. Marie? Oh, wow. Interesting. Here, I've got the I've got the little description. Shortly after delivering a patient to an understaffed hospital, a police officer experiences strange and violent occurrences seemingly linked to a gr- group of mysteriously hooded figures. Right. Yes. This is all coming back to me now. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't need to say this either, but I remember when we started to watch the file that you downloaded um, for what we thought was um yeah. <laughs> the, the void that I, we're talking about today <laughs> it was just some weird movie we were just watching some guy it was clearly not 2016 it was there was a key remember was he was some, in a dark room it was a very low budget it was a low budget weird like european film called the void yeah made in the early 2000s it looked like a student run yes it, it didn't look like maybe it. that's super insulting to this film that a lot of people spend money on but it, it looked very low budget and yeah not very well done so there were red flags immediately yeah and, and i remember like it's like a police finds a bloodied up guy yeah walking down the street taking him to the hospital like, yeah that is not that what was we not saw. happening that wasn't just happening yeah that was that was a very funny morning yeah and we pivoted to a great movie we sure did um, because of that we watched before i wake oh yeah yeah so, so i'm i'm pretty excited to to just see a completely out of nowhere movie and interesting thing about this one mm-hmm. um rotten tomatoes score 100 percent. no really yep are you serious that's I'm so serious. exciting I, man i must have been looking at a totally different film then that's yeah. great yeah. okay awesome i'm i'm all hyped up and ready to watch this wow look at that 100 yeah. rotten tomatoes but then you see the imdb is 6.3 and the metacritic is 63 percent. yeah you got to take so. other things somewhat into consideration rotten tomatoes just again and again <laughs> Uh, we should like almost like stop commenting on it but like every time it riles me up yeah because just like a a lot of things with films right like the oscars these big award shows too you you take them with such a grain of salt but still they're kind of they're a standard of sorts it's that's the problem man is it's that they are the standard and that's Mm -hmm. how i look at them but that's not how they function right they don't function in like assigning mm-hmm. a correct value to the movie's quality yeah which is what the standard's supposed to be all they do is determine you know if people did an up thumb or a down thumb on the movie and no. then add those all together 
totally but it, it still is just because it is kind of the standard it makes a good starting point for conversation just to say oh, okay definitely. just so we know this is where where it's at right now in the general perception and then we can kind of go from there we agree we disagree that's yeah. like the way yeah. we usually do it definitely for conversation but that uh, going to the why it's such a huge problem is to initiate conversation um is good but it, it, the that rotten tomato score can also determine whether or not you watch it it can you know yeah. and with things like before i wake dark skies Perfect i think example. that's that's pandorum like pandorum ones I that we've loved really really enjoy it. movies that are e even if you can think of them not being the greatest thing in the world like they have entertainment value to a huge huge percentage of you know the audience yeah. that may be turned off because of the terrible you know um standard that is rotten tomatoes yeah and it's in those cases that we rely on word of mouth from mm -hmm. things like horror movie podcasts to tell us that look yeah. it's got a low score but check this movie out yeah. you'll love it or just like going like yeah they're probably wrong and yeah. then they are you know <laughs> yeah which is like eh, it's got a terrible review let's watch it anyway yeah and it turns out to be a pretty great pretty film. great yeah all right i say we get this thing started what do you say i say we have a bit of a drink and a bit of a horror movie all right let's do this let's do it cheers man cheers Shut your freaking soul. Chaos reigns. We got good equipment. It made us way worse. Worse at podcasting. At podcasting. <laughs> well, because we got too excited about the equipment. Yeah. But that's why I'm excited to do more of these. That way, we'll just get sick of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so just want to get let's sick come of in it. clean and do the discussion. Hold up. Let me just look at our timestamp. Okay. Podcast. Talking time. It's it's talking time with uh, d the boys. We have David and Christopher. All right. I hate that. Let's go in. <laughs> we always go Dave and Chris, but David and Christopher is the proper. <laughs> These are the names that our, our parents chose for us. Yeah. We abbreviate them. Christopher. Do you ever uh, consider going by t Topher? Nope. Aw. Not Topher. Um, Topher. My, interestingly, my younger siblings called me Keith, or one of them called me Kiefer growing up because they couldn't say Christopher. And apparently that's the same story for Kiefer Sutherland. Their siblings couldn't oh. say Christopher, so they ended up just Calling making him Kiefer. The yeah, they're like, let's let's go with Kiefer. Wow, that's weird, right? I had no concept that that's where that came from. Kiefer Sutherland, also Canadian. The Void, Canadian as fuck. Nice tie-in. Yeah. Man, what a movie. Wow, that was a huge surprise. To go from like kind of small concept simple to just huge huge concept by the end mm -hmm. yeah right? unbelievably huge yeah yeah just like that last image that we were left on like looking at and just some unknown time and place and yeah. realm and plane of existence I, I i i assume that that is the void that they are in they're, they're chilling in the, in the void. void which is a world of triangles impressive clouds and many triangles <laughs> one primary triangle big pyramid and then a lot big of black pyramid a lot of sharp triangles in the background that big black pyramid was probably like the basis for all of their imagery and the aesthetic of the cultists right uh, having that the triangular um visor and the the robe and yep it's probably all um, which was they were good creepy robes yeah and i think that that <clears throat> the void is a good name for it but that triangular big black pyramid that world that um, power that all of that um, is this old thing that he was talking about the thing that's older than time mm -hmm. um, and it give him, gave him the power to 
I guess, reanimate. Yeah, or like just transfer everyone over to the void. It's or you're, you're somehow bridging the worlds, right? You're bridging our reality with the world of the void for I, the sake of immortality. I suppose so, and and that might explain a little bit why if if they sort of coexist, like they're two existences in tandem. Um, the void that um, uh, Dan and Allison were in at the very end of the movie. Well done with the name. Thank you, Colin. Um, they were like their normal selves they weren't wounded or all mutant or headless or whatever they ended up by the end of the movie yeah they um, seemed in perfect health like, exactly like so, the doc like dr richard yes, right yes it was richard. like richard the doctor promised he said you know over the void everything's great yeah you're immortal and uh i think the uh, mirror image that exists in the real world is the horrible horrific monster terrible stuff that we don't like that's the translation right but it's cool because like if that's the case then he's not wrong this usually the terrible murder cultist who wants to turn you into a mutant and mm-hmm. and open up the whole brand new life by murdering you horribly yeah is wrong and this one if that's the case not so much he he's kind of right he's delivering what he promised but we're, we're not entirely clear by the end of the movie of what that immortality is like. Like, they're in that realm, but yeah. so what? So, yeah, you've gotten that second existence. Um, what do you do with that second existence? Do you go check out the pyramid? Do you check out <laughs> the triangles? Check out the sights? I, I just stare at those clouds for a while. Those are some pretty cool clouds. Yeah, but I mean... Um... Much like anything else, I'd probably get bored. Let's really discuss what you're going to do once you get into the void. (laughs) Let's pitch the void as a vacation spot. Yeah. Um, So it's very... um, Ominous. uh, Cloudily ominous. Yeah. Um, Dark. uh, Yeah. um, Angular. Bigger pyramids than the Egyptians could ever pull off. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, The thing is gigantic. Yep. You get cool up. You get cool up. It's if you want to go visit Earth every once in a while because they sometimes need people to take shifts of blocking hospitals off. So if you're willing to take that shift, you get a cool hooded outfit, you get a sweet knife, and you just get to stand a on sweet duty. Knife. <laughs> they sweet did knife. have pretty sweet knives. They were cool knives, and oh man, it was super ominous when um I use that word twice in like five minutes, mm-hmm. but it it fits. I like it. They look out, and at the same time, in unison, all the hooded figures raise their knives to the to the left, left to of the them. left. Yeah, everybody raise your knife to the left. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think in trading practice in the void, one kept doing it to the right. <laughs> like, damn it, Evan, All come right. on. Guys, this is going to be great. We're going to move his car really far away from the hospital so that when he comes out to get the shotgun, it's going to be so funny. <laughs> and then what we'll do is we'll all just we'll all point in the same direction. It'll be so freaky. And he'll and think then, we're going right, but yeah. we're all really going left. But then fucking Carl. <laughs> <laughs> I love that in the outtakes. It's one left, right, and then you hear like shit. <laughs> Switch quickly to the right. Switch quickly to the left. Yeah, Carl, you're going the wrong way. Does it really matter what way we're pointing? We're not doing anything. <laughs> to me, this this film very much feels like a good um, medium budget Canadian horror film. To me, it fits in with Ginger Snaps and Cube as this movie that doesn't mm. entirely feel like a big studio horror film. Um, but doesn't feel like a cheaply done film either. Like clearly, there no. are things that are very well done in this movie. I I gotta say, um, d- visually, just the general aesthetic of like um, the way that the shots look and the color balance and everything like that. I, it looked to me like an incredibly polished, mm-hmm. like s- super almost better than a lot that we watch polished movie. Like. Um, gorgeous to look at like i i'm not a, a film student so i don't have like a ton of intelligent stuff to say about like the um 
you know the 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 shots that they established and stuff like that but mm-hmm. there there was a masterful touch to the way that this movie looked mm-hmm. like they did a lot of different stuff a lot of different techniques a lot to look at visually um i took a very very intelligent note here um it says weird camera stuff yeah. uh, <laughs> there's a lot of that there's a lot of kind of like floating camera where it was like moving a little bit zooming in or out really slow yeah they would put it at both ends of a hallway and show you like them moving both, both directions a yeah, lot of light you're right that there was a lot of different stuff too like it didn't stick to yeah. one kind of color set no. or or kind of look it just it constantly shifted you were throwing yeah. a lot of very different clearly these are people that are bursting with creative ideas yeah. about you can tell this is show. a bu- like a group a little group of people that all are like yeah bursting with creativity they all have some things they want to try i mean and they at, there was at least a dozen crazy weird body mm-hmm. um morphed or transformed In- figures that were moving around insanely intricate yeah yeah like monsterish like how yeah, about that one that was bent over backwards with the head yeah, spun that, around? That, that weird was yoga one that was like twitching and spasming in weird ways. Yeah. And, yeah walking I like how you like, call it a yoga one. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> it's doing like bridge and just walking around. Yeah, exactly. And it oh. seemed like something that belonged in Silent Hill. Yeah. There was, um, uh, thank you for bringing that up. Mm-hmm. It's cool because I saw some Silent Hill in it. Um, we just did Silent Hill. And I saw a lot of another video game aesthetic, uh, Dead Space. Okay. Um, so any of our listeners who are uh, gamers. They're out there. Yeah, they're out there. Um, one of my favorites, favorite horror games is a sci-fi um, uh, alien shooter, I guess, and Dead Space. And, and uh, the team studied um, things like The Thing and... Um, yeah, just Cronenberg and John right. Carpenter stuff. And that's really what this movie felt like, too. Like, Oh, it felt so much like The Thing, right? Yeah. Like, you're in one isolated place where they're trapped. Um, you know, it's not a northern science base in the Arctic. It's yeah. a hospital. But they very much felt constrained. There's a lot of different rooms and hallways that mm-hmm. they could traverse. Fire seems to be the thing that can really ultimately put them out in the end. That's yeah, one of the two the movies in common. Not that it really killed the, the big beast, the yeah. child that allison gave birth oh, to no it wasn't allison it was the little the younger girl right right yeah. right the young girl who was there with her grandfather yeah she slashed his throat pretty yeah. good but yeah that child thing that also looked like um a monster that's called a brute from dead space very very similar with the sort of skull like skull looking head, head yeah the yeah. hanging tendrils at the mouth and the yeah. big sort of like rhinoceros uh gorilla kind of looking mm. run body with the big shoulders right that was terrifying by the way like the practical effects in in this movie there is nothing like that there is nothing like a practical effect that looks really good and that they would show wide shots of these uh, things that they'd made moving Mm -hmm. and they were really convincing because they were suits and animatronics and stuff it was it it looked fantastic oh my god and the fact that they established so quickly that shooting these things that come from the void won't do anything like they showed the one creature that was impaling themselves just, repeatedly oh God, and just yeah. creating a hollow space through their head and it doesn't matter the thing's still alive yeah so that way when the child creature the giant thing that had the skull face they kept shooting at it and it would do nothing in fact it just seemed to open an orifice through yeah. which they could a, t- a separate set of tentacles could come through and then pierce the guy's skull which happened a few times right yeah. there was a lot of insertion through the eye sockets yeah like these um i, I feel like what they were doing was like infecting Mm. right like i imagine killing because that's how it moves but infecting with this whatever it was like yeah i don't know exactly how this um it seemed like an infection of some kind or some sort of disease but right. it's clearly coming from a place of like dark magic from another 
plane or something. So it's difficult mm-hmm. to really pin down exactly what is happening to these people's bodies and by what agency. Yeah. But um, it seemed, and this is another Dead Space aesthetic, is sticking those tubes into something and then they become infected and they become one of those creatures. That's straight out of this game that I'm talking about. Oh, really? Yeah. That's It really, really, really felt like that. Right. And there was kind of a bit of awesome foreshadowing. Maybe one of the inciting incidents once they're in the hotel when the cop walks in when dan walks in Mm -hmm. and sees um the one nurse just stabbing the guy in the eyes right so at that point it's just okay yeah there's some weird shit happening but that is the moment that it starts to really kick into overdrive yeah and And it's fast yeah it's fast and you don't really understand why it's happening where it came from but from that moment on the movie doesn't let up and that's like 15 minutes in yeah. So this movie really is kind quickly. of a, it's an adrenaline ride. Well, before. actually there's, that is when, you know, I guess things do really get kicked off there for the story that we're present for. But the, um, the opening of the movie starts with, you know, these two people running out of a farmhouse, one of them getting shot in the back and set on fire. Right. You know, it starts rough. Like they yeah. really want to establish that this is not going to be a fun time for these people. So let's go to this farmhouse. Cause what's exactly happening there. We saw that there was a triangle painted on a door. Mm-hmm. So is this a home where, the doctor also lives or other people involved other hooded figures also yeah. exist and get get things going um i don't know exactly who owns the farmhouse but what the um the young junkie guy said is that he met a girl on the road yeah and um that was promised drugs yeah and that's what led him to this cultist church that he called it where the guy watched them, or they did sacrifices and weird experiments and they right. um, the doctor apparently watched him have sex and all this weird stuff yeah um <clears throat> and uh, presumably the girl who brought him into that was the girl who was shot and burned right at the beginning of the movie right yes yeah so then he um because those so those other two guys then stumbled upon this pill house and started just killing the people that were involved and ended up burning the one girl Right, these these people seem like the the father son team. Yeah, that have those shotguns, and they end up at the hospital. They seem to be aware somewhat beforehand, before everyone else, about this group, and yeah. know that they have to burn the bodies. Know that it's no good, and we should just kill them. Yeah, and about those two guys, um, sort of getting the wheels turning a little bit. That um, right at the end, what the those two guys is that like a father son duo, right? I assumed it to be. Yeah, and uh, in some attack, the son's vocal cords were damaged. Um, someone did that to him. And he said the father in like this uh, fit of mania at the end where they're in that little house, which now I'm thinking that house that they sort of like yeah. got, got to somehow is that little farmhouse. And what happened there were, were these sacrifices that they were talking about because the guy's like, you should have saved her. You should have done it. Mm-hmm. And I think that might have, or I, I could be totally off, but like I could have been their house and they fought back and won the fight there. Yeah. And they came looking for this dude who ran away and got to the hospital. So there is like a lot of plot that's happening. There is. And yeah, almost, maybe, maybe too much, like to the point where like some things are a little perhaps unclear. Maybe a second viewing would clear up a lot. Yeah, potentially. But um, there's, there's a lot of different kind of um, partners with backstories that aren't fully um really um dove into but we just kind of yeah. get little little fragments of them i mean especially with dan and allison we don't see a lot of tension or even the way they interact with one another mm-hmm. there, there's not a lot to imply that there's a lot of backstory it's only through the exposition given by the doctor that states oh like yeah you and allison had this kid and it died in childbirth yeah yeah uh yeah she i guess uh the umbilical cord actually choked it 
Yes. Yeah, that's what happened. Um, and so, I mean, as I'm watching that, like, I was looking for what I- exactly that inspired in terms of the story, like, talking about the, this loss that happened. Mm-hmm. And for... Um, for Daniel, it gives uh, a few moments of him having to like come to terms with like you know uh, bad things happening to his ex-wife and you know reliving traumas and his hands shake and stuff. It, it it gives him a little more depth as a character, but as far as the story goes, it, they really don't go into their relationship too much, other than it gives him some sort of end you know goal is like you can be right. back in this happy place that you had before right and that's as far as i can tell the only reason to set up there that they lost a child other than for the doctor to make the parallel about losing his own child right right um yeah even even when they first um ran into each other at the hospital dan and allison you think there they would be more of a sustained scene of like oh hi like i know but they just yeah. seem to talk as if they were co-workers that regularly interact. yeah well that actually i, I think they laid that out pretty well because you don't know it right at first um, but you can see that their relationship is somewhat contentious and over time you learn it's because they lost a child together, but it starts with him going like, I don't want to go to that hospital and we don't know why call it in first. You're right. Yeah, at the and beginning, that's him yeah. showcasing. He doesn't want to go there. He doesn't want to open that can of worms. And ultimately but, caves and is like, okay, fine. Yeah. Yes. Let's go to the duty Mumford or whatever the name of the hospital was Marsh or something. Yeah. Something yeah. with an M. I think it was Marsh. <clears throat> it was Marsh. It was Marsh. <laughs> I hope. Okay, how about that guy that's crawling up on the hallway, though, that inciting incident? So he presumably escaped the pill house and then was found bloodied because they were trying oh, yeah. to... Like the father-son no, that dude were trying to... Yeah, the one dude. Yeah, so um, he said he met the girl on the road, and I think that's the girl who gets shot in the beginning. He runs away from that event. So he, he escaped that. Did we see yeah. him escaping in the Yeah, yeah, he, he ran away, and then... Um, right, yeah. We, he runs we away first, and it. then the, yeah. the woman comes out, she gets shot... Um, and yeah, he, he takes off and then they say he won't get far. Right. And so that confused me right at the beginning because I thought that was going to mean as, as things unfolded, I'm like, it seems like the cultists are all looking for this one guy that this right. cop found. It seems like this guy's like part of the cult group because they're all looking for him. That was just like, just the, my wires getting crossed as I watched or maybe an intentional like yeah. m- misleading, but I thought that those two things were related, but. So the cult seems to need, um, kind of new infants, uh, inf- babies that are growing in the womb to then be transformed in the womb. Like the baby, before the baby's even born, there's a transformation that takes place. Like there needs to be human conception. And then at that point, it becomes transformed, right? Yeah, well, um, the what the doctor said, um, Richard, uh, what he said is he... Um, I don't know exactly how he came to discover this cult and this power, but it gave him this information or this ability to um, sort of reclaim, I guess after the loss of his daughter is what would have inspired that him seeking that out. Yeah. How Um, do I, how do I get my daughter back and how, how do I prevent this loss from happening again? And and he really, he's championing the, you know, the battle against death is what he's talking about. Absolutely. Like that's, that's what it all turns into. And it seems like the cult formed around him rather than, or not that it formed around him, but, um, he was the the leader of these discoveries, and he opened it it all, and everyone just seemed to be very yeah. And by everyone, you him. mean I mean all the who, who's the everyone? Yeah, the cultists, so all the all the hooded figures and then the, the pregnant the pregnant girl. girl. Yeah, um, yeah, they all really revered and followed him. So I think he sort of uh, by his own merits discovered this void and mm-hmm. was able to tap into it. And as far as like needing conception in some way, I don't think so. I think. Um, that was his goal was to create his own daughter um, with this, like um, the, this epiphany that he, he'd had about 
transcending death. Yeah. And and then really utilized some empty space in the basement of a hospital yeah. to carry out those experiments. Yeah, that's cool too. They really I think this movie is pretty well written. Like there is a lot of plot and it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around, but there's as some I'm thinking great about it. potent ideas there. Uh, For example, but, like being in the hospital and having that basement. I mean, he has but, they show all the files of people who have died in the hospital, and every time someone dies in that hospital above, he brings them in the basement and is able to somehow resurrect them. Yeah, and it's really god, what's such a, a clever thing about that is um uh Kim um, yeah. the the training nurse uh, when she's on the ra- on the walkie talkie like telling them where to go mm-hmm. they're like we found another staircase to like some sub basement she's like there there's only one staircase and she has no concept someone who works at the hospital has no concept she's that there's not aware a sub basement second level yeah and that's where this guy was doing so like even people who work there don't know that this exists mm-hmm. which is a great just great runway it is great you know and just set up and then apparently these experiments trying to kill themselves burned like started did this fire that made the hospital all like abandoned and why there's nobody there and you know yeah i was so i was confused at that point because he referred to the hospital being burned down there was a yeah that that was also early um they were talking about the the fire at the hospital like when they were doing the radio dispatch stuff uh, like early early in the movie yeah they talked about how there was a fire at this hospital and it was like a dead end because of that and uh yeah yeah. and so it was obviously rebuilt the service levels um, but it still seems to be very low business where if you've ever been to a rural hospital like that, they are, they are like that where you walk in yeah. and there's just like a few nurses sitting behind a desk and there might be one yeah. doctor somewhere. He might be on call. It's just very available to anyone who ends up running in last minute. Yeah, so. exactly. And uh, they actually had a sign in the window too that said, we're moving likely due to the fire. Right. But in the, in the interim, they had a skeleton crew that was working there. Perfect setup. Yeah. Um, it is good. And, and I mean, like the setup from at the very beginning is a setup that we love a lot where even from like I was getting so excited just when we first got to the hospital because they're just establishing all the characters. They show the training nurse and her boyfriend on the hospital bed. Yeah. They show the nursing staff and this old man and the daughter. It's like perfect. OK, great. This is our cast of characters and this is our setting. We're just in a hospital and we're going to be trapped in here. And then anything could happen at that point. Yeah. And um, the way that it it kind of went from there is it felt a lot like dawn of the dead remake where they're in the hospital where they're in yeah. the uh, no not the hospital the uh the mall right the mall they're yeah in the mall but it like there was sort of like two groups there was like our heroes and then they found these like other guys who were already in the mall who were mm-hmm. like security and they had guns and stuff right and those groups slowly melded together and then there were these constant threats of monsters it did feel kind of like a zombie movie like in, in a lot of ways that's like these things were just trying to get you and turn yeah, you into you're one trying of them to stay alive, and, and these creatures are seemingly everywhere. Shotguns yeah. and and axes and stuff, and yeah, yeah, it it really had a zombie aesthetic too, which I, I love. That that was fucking cool. Um, but uh, right, I wrote down one of the scenes I wanted to talk about because it happened so early. Um, it was the, I guess the first time you see the the first monster is the woman, um, after she gets killed gets shot and then she turns into the monster and they manage to get the guy's cuff off the bed and they all run away and then she right. eventually breaks out and um she she's in that hospital uh that hallway where she ends up killing the second cop whose name is mitchell <laughs> um you've gone dave's gone really hard at remembering every name of every character we've got great little whiteboards that have helped us out <laughs> oh wow look at yours yeah you have every character and a little description beside them yeah it was shut up no it was <laughs> i'm praising your work this is great um, so mitchell so yeah, in that hallway where um, 
she kills the second cop um that a huge monster that's the first the time we see trooper. a big state trooper the state trooper sorry yeah. um she kills the kills him there and um there's like that light is hanging from the ceiling mm-hmm. and they go at that monster with like axes that is one of like it was pretty early and that was one of the most grotesquely violent um dynamically lit like the light was like swinging back and forth and like blood was spraying on the walls and stuff and there was like tubes going into the state trooper's head i I think it's especially effective because at that point we we don't know that monsters are part of this movie no it's the first taste of anything and it goes full force it's this giant lumpy mass that has a lot of limmy tentacly spaghetti like things that are flying around right and you're seeing like you're seeing axe heads like dig into just flesh and come out and like goo yeah. comes out like the yeah every interestingly shot. fire didn't kill that one they were able to kill that thing without fire yeah they just axed it for like it 30 death. straight yeah. minutes until you it chop dead. something into enough pieces then it's not gonna yeah. move i guess and i appreciate that i appreciate that like these things seemingly can't be killed by like your traditional high amount of force but like with complete obliteration yes They'll and that's stop. that's cool because you've got a very very resilient foe, mm-hmm. but you don't have that like sort of supernatural unstoppability, right? You know, there's a nice amount of mystery about these things and what, what'll stop them and not stop them. Because that other one, that one that was um, birthed in the final act, oh, they shot it right in the face, like its face splits open and it's still fine. Yeah, and even after it's burned excessively, it's still fine. The only thing that kills it is the closing of the void that Dan actually instigates. And then that monster is chasing the sun out, yeah. And the walls crush it, Star Wars style, yeah. Carburetor, <laughs> and that ends up being the end to the thing. But this is this is interesting too that um, he was able to end it, end the opening to the gate, just by jumping the doctor and shoving him and the doctor through the triangle, through the portal, yeah. into the void, and somehow that instantaneously is what shut off the gate between the void and Earth. And at the same time, left yeah. him and Allison in the void. Well, yeah, it's um, it seems like he, uh, Richard, the Doctor, is the one who is channeling the power from the void to the world that we have. Right. You know, he's the one who's able to open it just by like you know chanting to it and putting his hands up, and the thing opens in front of him. And crucially, um, he, he's always present in the real world. He is. Um, a, another thing that they did really well um, in sort of giving this guy some power beyond just being like the one who discovered this weird mutation ability, Mm -hmm. they give him power in that um, when they're down in that like weird mutant killing floor, I don't know what else to call it. Lab. Basement lab, Um, which is also charred. If you notice, like it's nicely, it's still burnt. It's got that yellowy brown. When the, when the repairs came in after the fire to deal with everything, they still didn't know or touch that second level basement. I think honestly, the power of uh, the void is what reconstructed that place because it came apart when the void closed. It the like basement shut. level? Yep. Hmm. It was like open and available until the void, the guy was shoved through the thing. So I think he was able to rebuild or reclaim that place in the basement. With right. The power of the void. Because that's like where it is, you know? So like. It is. It is. And I, I really loved um Richard's makeup at the end. Like that yeah. second, the transformed version of Richard. That skinless. Bl- yeah. Dark. yeah. It looked a little bit like the Jeepers Creepers monster. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of But did. without the um, webbed neck thing. Not exactly like leathery, but kind of like. Yeah. Sort of like a burned underneath your skin a little bit. Kinda, it, it was effective. And you kind of like this... um the organs inside of Jane Doe. 
you know what i mean like they were dark and damaged looking definitely yeah definitely yeah it looked like this person had been through fire <laughs> yeah yeah something <laughs> other than just like not having skin on yeah and yeah. that was so gross and cool how like when um the first nurse got uh affected by it she was like using the scissors to like cut the skin on her face off this is in my face Oh yeah, this, this is, is in, my, in face. my face. And then Richard is doing that when he's um, he is. You see the skin talking. hanging off of him. Yeah, at uh, one point. And you can. There's a one shot before they actually show his face where he's like just doing it to his hand. Yeah. And he's like cut the skin off his like arm up to like his wrist. And it seems all just yeah. bone, bony. Yeah. 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 And they might have even like got most of his palm. Like, right. And so you could just see skin on part of his hand, but not his like arm. It was so cool. So in the void, you have a new body, like a resurrected bony body and face which is i think what richard what he looked like i think that's what you look like in the void and that's your kind of immortal looking figure yeah. and the nurse got a flash of it and that's why she said this is my face like i'm i'm a new person now this isn't right this yeah, human yeah. form isn't what i am anymore but at the same time then um oh sorry i wanted to say too that they a bunch of characters have those flashes of the void right yes dan does and richard refers to it he's like you felt it you know what it's like exactly you've seen images and we as the viewer get random flashes of like images and figures i think a few of those flashes are just richard standing in front of the triangle uh, right? there's definitely one of those yeah um i think when he gets stabbed early on right and he's like like blood loss he has yeah. this image and you see some like human silhouetted figure standing in front of a triangle of light yeah yeah so i don't fully understand um how the transformation works because even when, once they go to the void once they leap it, in they have their regular bodies from our reality yeah and um so I, it, that could be some sort of like this is how you see yourself so yeah. you get to reclaim that after death because that's how the void works as far as i understand is that it is through death that you're able to shift into this second life right um that's how it happened to every single person as they died um or were born that way mm -hmm. as a monster <laughs> yeah. um so theoretically um that was a, a death transition when they went through the right or when um Daniel and Richard went through that thing. Yeah. But because Richard already died once, that might be why we didn't see him um, on the other side of the void. Like if you exist in, in both places, if mm -hmm. you exist in the void and you exist here on earth, then um, you get to keep the earth form. And, um, but if you die, well, you that's, get... that's the, in the void, uh, it seems like it's much more of a, um, an intangible, um, sort mm -hmm. of power. So like yeah. potentially in the void, there's just like a life force rather than having a very specific look. Right. And you look the way that you think you look. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it's a little convoluted. Like, it's yeah, a, it's a yeah. lot of things going on. But I, I am okay with it. Like, I'm, I'm. Ex yeah. It's, it's nice to have those points where it, it just leaves you as a viewer at the end, wondering and questioning and trying to put pieces together. It didn't feel so convoluted to the point where it, it's felt contradictory or that. No, no, no. It, it, that you'd be angry at it. Like I was, I was still excited and I very much enjoyed this movie and it made me just want to learn more like it felt exactly it, it felt like a good mystery not it didn't mystery. feel like um they made a mistake or there was holes in the story it felt yeah. like i didn't totally get it yet and and that you weren't yeah. almost supposed to like they wanted yeah. they only wanted to give you little tastes and insights into what um the rules of the void and reality yeah. were and so, they, they weren't gonna spoon feed it to you yes kind of so you can suppose at them because i more or less you see what happens to everybody right so you can more or less um determine not necessarily um what the rules are but what will happen yeah you know what i mean so like i don't feel like because i don't know things i don't feel like it was left out of the story i feel like i just can't totally interpret it yet mm -hmm. you know i i, 
I really, really enjoyed the way that the story was told and the things that they omitted, yeah. you know, in explaining. Um, it was it was a lot of fun, and there were some there was some awesome biological gore throughout the movie that oh, you, Jesus, you don't yeah. again with all this kind of convoluted um, aspects of the plot that we're talking about. You don't really fully understand what's going on. You know that there's some transformation happening. You see even Allison, who wasn't pregnant at the time, somehow Richard is um, using her as a vessel. You see her stomach swell up, and all these just different forces are pushing her yeah. belly in different ways. And then that explosive birthing scene from the younger girl where just blood is flying everywhere and on the walls and this yeah, just gigantic creature comes out of her that could not possibly fit. So it's expanding at the same time that it's emerging yep. from her. Yeah, it uh God, that was super gross. Yeah. Um just this like it, it seemed like it ruptured like a, a like if a water balloon was sitting on the ground just <laughs> just water totally. went everywhere totally um and like a bunch of raw hamburger meat pressing against a water uh, balloon and just exploded yeah and then um it like it's weird feet step on like one of the dead one's heads one of the dead cultists heads that just... was a crazy crazy moment right because yeah. this creature comes out and then you see a row of the hooded figures lying down and this creature is just crushing their skulls as if to say like um I welcome you into the void now. Like your human life is done. You'll be born back into the void. Yeah. And so that was the creature's first thing. It was born and then it was going to just crush hooded figures one by one. And it was only because Dan and the others ran an approach to the thing that it stopped doing that. There were other hooded figures that it was ready to just crush one by one. Yeah. Dan was, uh, Daniel was down on the ground with a knife in his back and then in run our, um, gun toting heroes <laughs> and start blasting it. And by the way, to go back a little bit, I just uh, recall we said it wasn't fire that killed the first one. Um, but what happened is it, like some weird brain like thing came out of the back of it and like stood up like a flower blooming. And then that's when he finally loaded the bullet into his gun and shot it and blew that up and that killed it. Right. So that seemed to be central to its existence or life force. Yeah. There was some part of its, its physiology that Good came call. out that got Good destroyed. Call, I recalled that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, another thing I wanted to say that was. Um, if there is a criticism that I had in this movie, it was the constant exposition of Richard. Um, <laughs> that was cool. He had a good voice. Like it was kind of, um, also felt dead space. Uh, really? Uh, yep. There's some crazy cultists in dead space too. <laughs> it's y- cool. You're right though. He had to cons at many points in the film, explain talking what's and talking happening, and talking and just explaining what was going on. But what's cool about that. And what like makes me back off of that criticism is, um, uh, when they're on that lab killing floor with all the weird Cronenbergs, nah. <laughs> Cronenberg carpenter things, whatever you want to call them. Um, uh, I think the the father, um, the guy of the mute son, mm-hmm. he, um, what am I trying to say here? He noticed, like, he saw his, like, wife. Like, he started having these hallucinations. Yeah. And um, the junkie kid yelled, he's like, he's in his head. Um, and he yelled that, and that happened later to Daniel as well. Yeah, he he would like he could. When you were hearing Richard's voice just coming from nowhere, my instinct in horror movies is just that he's hiding in the room somewhere and you can't see him yet. Right. Um, but I think he's just speaking directly into people's heads because he's like channeling this crazy power. And so that that might connect back to our earlier discussion about the flashes of the void that people had. Like perhaps that's also yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard's power that he's somehow inside the minds of everyone and is able to kind of manipulate this. It does to his like bit it. in. Yeah. 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 And I mean, the whole event that seems to be taking place this night is that 
the void is opening up and that daughter is giving birth. So that's why all these hooded figures are surrounding the hospital to kind of protect it or to make sure that people, they, they said, they said at one point or one character said they're to keep us in here. The, the hooded figures are surrounding to keep us inside. So is that just to make sure that the pregnant daughter and also Allison um, would remain in and that Dr. Richard could use them and conduct his experience or experiments to yeah channel the void you know well um it is it's by death right that's how you you transition or that's how your body becomes useful to to richard to to die but also um if you're a female you seem to be able to have the capacity to give birth to yeah he can he can do that to you by the yeah to both a pregnant an already pregnant person who has been kind of stewing in this stewing or growing gestating this um void demon but also to his daughter, Allison, who wasn't even pregnant. And he endowed her somehow at the same time with this whole giant creature. Yeah. Um, did we land for sure that, that they're related? Who? The Richard and Allison? It's his daughter. For sure? Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm pretty confident. Okay. Yeah, that was the relationship. It was the three of them. It was Allison, was his daughter, and uh, who knows? Well, no, Again, no there's, because... There's a lot of details. No, because that. he lost his daughter, and they showed the image of a little girl like who died. When he was doing his flashback, like a six-year-old, yeah, yeah, and she's Allison is very much alive, yeah, um, and they didn't talk about his sister, so I don't know, I don't totally know the connection there. I'm sure um, a second time would clear up maybe a lot of the details that we're saying, but yeah, yeah, this um, is our first impression of the film, and that is something that we said it, and I agree that there is a lot of story being told here, and it's not easy to no. to take all of it, especially when you're telling the story and like you'll get it at about eighty-five percent of the way through, yeah, and then you'll watch that last fifteen percent. Right. That's how they typically go, these suspenseful mystery horror movies. So that being said, when you're trying to deliver a really, really big story, mm-hmm. um, like, I mean, in in terms of, like, how grand scheme it is, like, Cabin in the Woods big. Yeah. You know? like Oh, it, ex- it explodes by the end with its yeah. concept. And Cabin in the Woods is a great parallel because Cabin in the Woods starts at this micro level, just friends going on a vacation to a cabin. And then it just grows and grows in what yeah. its concept reveals to be. And the void yeah. is very similar. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, it, and so when you're doing that and you're doing it in an hour and a half, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard for your, especially when you're, you're tricking the audience for most of the movie, mm-hmm. it's hard to get every component of the story. It is. And I, I do think that they would have benefited from shaving down some of the stories a little bit. Yeah. Like maybe even merging the whole Allison and the young pregnant daughter, like into one character, maybe that could have been, more fruitful yeah. like it just it, there was a lot and maybe on a second view and we'll change our minds and think that no this was good but it was a lot to take in the first time yeah that's all that's what i think yeah and my other criticism is that it is a little silly like yep. it doesn't I, I can't fully buy in to everything like it doesn't get under my skin in the way that neon demon or the witch does it just is a little goofy at the same time that final shot of the void kind of reminded me of mortal Kombat, okay. <laughs> like that whole realm right with the like dark yeah, clouds yeah, and yeah, everything yeah. Um, so, I mean, the silliness doesn't take away from, um, from the movie. I don't think like, it's still a great movie. I would recommend it. I had a lot of fun with it. I really appreciated all the prosthetics and the crazy biological stuff. That's rare. It's rare to have a movie that looks the way that this movie did. Because it's work. It's work to make those models and And make them lifelike and animatronic. There's that. Yeah, I got to give them a 10 out of 10 for putting together some monsters that were just fucking awesome. And just all the, the costumes and the prosthetics of the people on that horrible lab killing floor. Yeah. 
they were so gross and so scary and so cool. It was so entertaining. I could have just stayed in that basement for longer. That, that's the cool part. <laughs> and I think the aesthetic of the cultists, like that triangular image, they're just all standing there. They're all just creepy and patient. It worked, like, yeah. They're like bodyguards. Like that's pretty good. Um, but yeah, you know what? I think it also tying into how much exposition this doctor was thrown at us. Like it was kind of silly. Yeah. It's kind of silly to have like some like very, very proper, you know, David Attenborough like voice just narrating, you know, <laughs> the whole time. Planet's voice. <laughs> Humans gather in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think we're on the same page there for sure. Yeah. But there, there were moments where I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I yeah. was completely captivated. Yeah. And uh, so they also did some amazing stuff with light in this movie. Like yeah. they love the color red. Like mm-hmm. they kept throwing in this red light in two ways. They used the um, the flares from the police car to make these awesomely cool red light, bloody action sequences. Looked great. It reminded me of the descent in those moments mm-hmm. where yep. they're using the flares. Yeah, it did. And um, also kind of reminiscent of Dead Space. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also um, when the that goddamn alarm went off outside that siren reminiscent of silent hill and then the lights just go out like they have yeah the lights going out lights the power cut out at beautiful moments Mm -hmm. like great great like tense moments with two where two characters realize this is that we're we're two two characters are together and one realizes that the other one's evil and then in that moment boom lights go out that's so great yeah and uh and then so the hospital's back up like so that moment we're all red yeah yeah yeah, you got that aesthetic from two different directions like when they're down in the basement and up on the surface it all had that same really cool look and they go outside and the um they do a lot of turning on the car lights right at the beginning that's how he sees the guy the police lights are great to reflect the, even on the hooded figures where you the, get the red yeah, and the blue on the cult the cultists when they do yeah. the um the siren lights absolutely fantastic the, uh and, and just another thing i i was starting to say this earlier but amazingly cool um monster aesthetic and stuff and then on top of that like they're constantly rolling in these like inky silver clouds you know, just shots of that, shots of like the weird triangular void, uh, um, weird sure. melting lights and stuff. Like, yeah. There was all these these like visual elements that were completely non-physical, uh, like where he was when he was like the silhouette in front of the the light that represented the void. Mm-hmm. He just melted into this like ink and water sort of. That was really cool. That just watching so his cool. kind of shoulders and the side of his head evaporate yeah. in certain ways. That was really great. Yeah. There was... And that actually reflected the clouds. Like the, yeah, I'm, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure a third grader could tell us what kind of clouds those are. But <laughs> just the way that those clouds were moving was, it was paralleled in the way that the body was kind of morphing into the void. Yeah. yeah and those clouds like were like the sky in the void. That's just what they were it looked like. Permanent. There. Yeah. And so, which we'd... is, that's an interesting thing to point out that that night is where the, the actual clouds. Uh, in reality, are taking the shape of the void. They're paralleling. That's it's right. Like a preparation it, well, of sorts. That's. I think there's like some sort of like, because the basically the void closed and that part of the hospital like closed, like the walls closed in and then there wasn't an opening. Like it wasn't a physical mechanism, right? Dan pushing Richard through the gate closed the gate to the void and ended the conflict. Yeah, but that altered the physical makeup of the hospital. Yeah, and not it, insofar like, as the void. The void altered the physical makeup of the hospital, yeah. and then it, they closed it. Yes. So what I'm like, and it wasn't like some automated thing in the hospital. It was literally there was a thing in the hospital that existed and then didn't when the void disappeared. Absolutely. Yeah. And it crushed a monster in the walls. Cool. 
So that happened. I think at the same time, what we're noticing is that the activation of the void or the connection to the void um, wasn't just happening in the basement of this hospital, but it was happening to this whole little town or this whole area that surrounded the hospital. That's why outside we had these clouds that were from this other plane. Yep. You know, um, and why these this crazy alarm, the power would suddenly go off. Like they had full control over this place. And I think they were like sort of in like, like in Silent Hill, like they were flipping to this other. Yeah. Reality that's present, but different. Yes. The void is like duplicating this hospital. Yeah. I'd say even like perhaps the fire, like maybe there's more backstory that the writers have imagined that they just didn't give to us and they left it as a mystery, but perhaps even the fire was a way of opening that gate. And maybe that whole sub basement is only something that exists temporarily as a temporary gate. And once they pushed through it, that second basement would just be gone and it wouldn't even be there, you know? So perhaps I wasn't there before the fire even. Yeah. Or or he has some way, um, Richard has some way conjured or used the void to make this sub basement that never existed prior that nobody else knows about because it's just his, right? Yeah. Maybe in the search to, you know, bring his daughter back and find eternal life and in the discovery of this thing that was older than time. Um, he said to Daniel, like, you heard it too. He must yeah. have just, it must have just come to him through this crazy emotional experience and research. Right. And in the broken place that he was, discovered this connection to this power source. Great. Destination, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And used it the yeah. way that he did. And, uh, yeah. Oh, God damn. This movie's worth checking out. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's very exciting. It's very much like a revival of a lot of practical effects that we don't see in horror movies nowadays. Hell yeah. So if you're a big fan of The Thing, um, mm-hmm. and early Cronenberg, then I'd say go check out this movie for sure. Even if you're a fan of those claustrophobic kind of one setting, people are trapped in a certain zone, it's great for that as well. It doesn't dive as, um, substantially into maybe human psychology as, say, The Mist or other one room horror movies do no. those bottle things but it's got it's got shreds of it but again it's they're telling a lot of stories they're, here, they're so doing they a lot yeah their their intent is like they have a big story big concept and they do it um in a mostly successful way i think we can say uh, i'd say so yep. yeah yeah i really really enjoyed it all right i think it's time maybe to go to you know we're blowing up on instagram right now text chris dave if you want to follow us on there mm-hmm. and we've got we've got a lot of fans reaching out uh so I think we should just give him a little bit of a shout out. Ooh, shout out time. Yeah. So on our Hush episode, Anna, A-N-A underscore Bananarchy said, loved this movie. Anna Bananarchy loved Hush. Oh, Hush is a really good movie. I loved it too, Anna. We, we liked it as well. Thank you, Anna. That's great. And Maximilmom, which is just a great pun. <laughs> Maximilmom. Maximilian, but she's a mom at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe maybe Max is her son. Maybe Maximilian is her son. Who knows? Could I be. have no idea. <laughs> But she said, already watched this and love this movie. About? About Hush. About Hush as well. About Hush. So I don't know if that's snark. Like if, if, if the Maximilian mom is angry, like I've already watched this. I loved it. Or if she's affirming it. But either way, thanks Maximilian mom. Yeah, no, I think I get it because like, I feel like when someone's like, oh, have you seen? I go like, fucking yes. Like I just, I've watched <laughs> it. Yeah. In like a positive way. Like someone tells me something. Yeah. I annoy already watched say, this. Of course I have. I'm not an idiot. Right. Yeah. Um, not to suggest that anyone's an idiot for not having seen it. <laughs> it's great. It's on Netflix. Come on, check it out. Yeah, we win plan. Thank you, man. We're getting some good feedback on that on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and on our Jacob's Ladder episode, Armand Petri, A R M A N D P E T R I, um, he commented or she commented just emojis, a thumbs up, 
a movie camera, and then another thumbs up. Oh, well, thank you so much for uh, so two thumbs enjoying. up and a movie canister. That's cool because uh, I was on Jacob's ladder, and I, yep. didn't, I didn't expect to get a lot of feedback on that one. Me neither. Yeah, that's that cool. that's an early one. It's a slow one. So um, yeah, Armand Petri approves. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for um, leaving comments and just engaging in conversation with us. Yeah, please head on down to our, our Instagram where we are um, cultivating as much conversation as possible and learning a lot from you guys. Yeah, let us know what just, episodes you're into, what films you like, yeah. what you want us to watch. What's coming out, new stuff to be excited about. It's kind of because of you guys that we just watched The Void. It um, is, yeah. So. Large, I mean, this thing is blowing up on Instagram and we're kind of riding that wave. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're so watching along with all of you. It's a, it's a good way to get a hold of us if you want uh, to hear about something. I'd say almost the way to get a hold of us. Could be. Could be. Um, or knocking on the door. Elsewhere, but if you see us yelling at us on the street, it's a good way. If you way. can find this basement, if you can find that IP address, locate it. Don't don't start that. <laughs> <laughs> we record Tuesdays. <laughs> Come find us. Oh, Chris. Fuck. We're going to get murdered. Anyway. This has been the Text Chris Dave Saw Massacre. I've been Chris Vandenberg. And I've been David Stombra. And as always, Chaos Rings. Nope. <laughs> Chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns. Always keep a spare flare, chaos reigns. See you scaredy cats later. <laughs>